despised, the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is 90.7 WXIN. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Stadium Experience with your host, Jake Holmes, the show where we talk about the latest and greatest happenings in the world of sports right here on 90.7 WXIN. We have a considerable amount, considerable amount. Talk about today, Patriot season, NFL season in whole. Kicking off in two days, Patriot season kicking off on Sunday. I want to get into every aspect of that and get into the intricacies of the, not final, but I suppose week one Ross here, and we're going to be joined by Alex Barth at around 12.30 of CLNS Media to discuss just that preview to week one game, talk about the upcoming season as a whole. And even with that, we're going to look at some stuff from around the NFL as we get through things today. And if you want to chime in on any of these topics, do not be afraid to call in at 401-456-8787. Once again, the phone number to get on the show is 401-456-8787. And with all that out of the way, you're listening to the Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley on 90.7 WXIN. And with that, let's just dive right on in here. So, yes. Mercifully, <laughs> finally, we exit the slog. Slog's a good word. We exit the slog of... Late season baseball. <laughs> We're done. The Red Sox, uh, dead in the water for months. That made this whole thing tough <laughs> over the summer. Because even when the Red Sox are good, frankly, it's tough. Because God knows there's only so much you can talk about regular season baseball. At least God knows there's only so much I can talk about regular season baseball. NBA free agency, always interesting, but that lasts a finite amount of time. But <laughs> preseason football gives you a little appetizer. Now, finally, here we are on the precipice of it. Patriots kick off against the Steelers Sunday, su 820. I don't have TV anymore. We cut tape cable at my house. I'm got to try and figure out how I'm going to do that. I don't really want to R NFL streams and slay in my bed on my laptop the first game of the year. So I'm going to have to try and figure out a way to get NBC. Unless you can get it on the streaming services. I don't know. But nevertheless, there will be real football starting Thursday. And I'm a little miffed that the Patriots don't get the first game of the year, because, you know, usually, the, as the Super Bowl champions usually do. But this year, NFL 100, yada, 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 yada. Got to have Packers and Bears going head-to-head. -head. So, which is, this is a very militose thing for me to be complaining about. But, you know, like... The Thursday night game, usually a disadvantage. You get it week one. Now going into week two, you have a full extra 10 days. You get that little half by there. They can adjust. And the Patriots, who adjust their roster in season as much as anybody else, you get more time to look at it, decide what you want to do with this guy, decide what you want to do with that guy. Good stuff. You know? Good stuff. 
but they don't get that this year because of a little scheduling quirk. So I don't know. That's just something that's like vaguely miffed me since it came out. But eh, I mean, I can only get so upset about it. <laughs> I can only care about something like that so, so very much. But, and I promise we will get into more Patriots stuff down the line. Down the line in the show, we'll do a lot of Patriots stuff, previewing the schedule, looking at the roster, yada, yada, yada. Especially when we get Alex Barth on the line in about eh, 20, 25 minutes from now. I really need to take a minute just to talk about the trades that went down this weekend. I really need to take a minute, because I don't know why this has gotten so far up my back, but it has, inexplicably. But I really do need to take a moment just to look at the trade that the Texans made over this weekend. Look at the trade that the Dolphins made with the Texans over the weekend, because they all tie together. And my God, what on earth? What on earth? <laughs> Is Bill O'Brien doing? Because, I mean, A, the, the trade for Cloudy is the most... Absurd thing I've ever seen. Not the most absurd. That's, that's an exaggeration. But, my lord, trading Jagavion Clowney for what amounted to a third-round pick in spare parts in the front seven is, on its own, with no context, no, you know, following how we got here is abysmal. But then if you really want to have some fun with it, you can look at how they got there, which is you had a player you knew was a risk to hold out. You did a whole lot of nothing with him. You kind of let him stew. You thought maybe you had him back on the hook. Then you start, then trade rumors start popping out, start leaking out again. And then now he doesn't want to be there anymore. You know the guy doesn't want to be franchise tagged. Like, none of these guys want to be franchise tagged. Like, it seems like the franchise tag is very quickly becoming... <laughs> for almost every team, seemingly, it's becoming... More trouble than it's worth. It seems like teams are going out of their way to avoid using it. And the teams that are using it... end up trading their guys and I maybe that's you know something to get to later but why <laughs> like of the three of the four players that got franchise tagged Three of the six players, excuse me. Three of them were pass rushers, who I believe were all under 25 or 26. And Javion Clowney, Frank Clark, D. Ford. None of them are necessarily players that I adore, but they're all good, talented, young pass rushers. Every one of them got franchise tagged. Every one of them really, I believe, broadcasted they didn't want to be franchise tagged. Held out and all got traded. And...
In the case of the Chiefs, they're far worse off for because they had to send a boatload of picks to the Seahawks for a comparable player to D Ford when they could have just, oh, I don't know, signed D Ford. Or signed D Ford and traded for Frank Clark. But now D Ford's a 49er. But the Texans, once again, at least, you know, at least <laughs> the Chiefs got that out of the way months ago instead of trading the guy five, six days before the start of the regular season. And now your team has no, no pass rushing depth whatsoever. None whatsoever. I'm looking at their depth chart at the other D end. They have, for the Texans, they have a J.J. Watt on one side. And then the other side, they have Angelo Blackson. And then, I, I don't know if Merciless is still good. There was a time when Whitney Merciless was considered a good player. I believe that time is over. But I'm not positive. And then other than him, you have, and then... Yeah, like that's it. Like they were able to, they were able to really uh, reap the haul of Burkavius Mingo, whom I'm shocked to learn was still in the NFL. But yeah, so you franchise tag this guy, you woefully mishandle it because I don't know, because Bill O'Brien spent all offseason trying to get complete control of the team, and you know I don't know, big coarse football pud thinks, oh, we're franchise tagger, he won't hold out. If he wants to hold out, he can just hold out. Then we're not gonna. We're going to worry about it, as he seems like to do. Because sometimes it seems like may maybe it's just, like I said, maybe it's just the football hardo in Bill O'Brien just who, I mean, looks like a football hardo. Just, you know, you got me for the team. Oh, we'll franchise tag you and you'll like it. And if you don't, don't want to hold out, you can hold out. Fine. Don't think that's how Bill O'Brien talks, but nevertheless, we <laughs> we continue. But these teams, they just it's it's amazing sometimes how NFL teams just think these contract situations will just resolve themselves when they do everything in their power to make it worse. And that's what I did here, and that's how you and I do not I do not love Jadavion Clowney. I've always read this about him, that about him, not the hardest worker, yada 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 yada. But the Houston Texans, who are in kind of a, who are in a make or break year right now, at least as far as, it, at least as far as, you know, GM and head coach Bill O'Brien, or excuse me, head coach and then, you know, pivotal member of the GM committee, Bill O'Brien, is in for it. It's not, not a pivotal year for Deshaun Watson necessarily, but who, God, is entering the third year of his contract, but the just to bungle this like these do, and yes, this is one of those every NFL team besides the Patriots is really, really dumb like 90% of the time segments. That's what this is, by the way. And we'll tie it all together, but to sell off that piece, 
for scraps, once again, total scraps, just denying any convention of value or any convention of, you know, asset management or general competence. Just to skew all of that and just like, oh, it'll come back. I guess. That, I mean, I assume that's what they thought. He'll sign this thing that nobody seems to want to sign. That all the players who get tagged keep holding out and are seemingly willing to hold out until they get traded. It's fine. He'll come back. We don't have a secondary. We'll be fine. We'll make up for it. Like, sometimes the arrogance of these NFL franchises kind of astounds me. And the ones that have no business being arrogant at all. And we talk a lot about the, the ego of NBA players. And rightfully so. I mean, most of them have gigantic egos and all think that they're the best thing in the world. And they do. And they do. But in defense of them, I do, I, their egos may not even be comparable to NFL decision makers. Coaches, executives, like bad NFL decision makers who seemingly is coach, like these older coaches, especially, who just seem to conduct themselves like they're God's gift to the world and that, you know, their wholly unique perspective on chemistry and leadership is going to be the thing that revolutionizes the sport of football and puts them in the halls of Canton. I don't know. And then you it just you have seas of mediocre me, mediocre 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 football minds who just I don't know carry themselves like they're the greatest thing to ever exist. And that being said, then Bill O'Brien then turns around and decides that he needs to one-up himself, and then they pull off. And then they trade everything else. He's got three picks the rest of their draft for the next two years to the Dolphins for Laramie Tunsil, which, and I kind of mean this, I enjoy looking at, I enjoy the NFL, because I can look at a trade where both teams got pretty high-quality assets. The Dolphins, obviously, in good draft picks, and the Texans, obviously, in a good, I mean, not great, but a good, solid, young left tackle. And go, wow, both teams somehow lost this trade. I somehow look at this and feel as though both teams lost this trade. The Texans, for... You know, being stupid, you know, the Texans for, you know, absolutely just bungling, sorting out the left tackle situation and really the all line in general for seemingly the entire time <laughs> that Bill O'Brien's been there, the entire time. That Deshaun Watson's been there the two years, but still. Bungling that. Messing it up in the draft. Going for Dillard. Getting leapfrogged. Having to draft Tyus Howard 
as a tackle, pumping him up as a tackle, and then literally the eve of the season, you go out and just throw a bunch of crafty at Laramie Tunsil. Like, no, I'm not going to look at that and go, that's smart. Sorry, like, you don't get that. Like, no, you overpaid because you panicked and you don't have it. <laughs> and you're doing that on top of having traded, you know, one of your best defensive players. Yeah, one of your best defensive players. It's not a... And and yeah, and now you have Laramie Tunsil and no draft picks forever and ever and ever and ever. Because you're letting, you know, I, I guess very clear football hardo Bill O'Brien run your entire front office. Because I don't know, he's, he's made the playoffs a couple times. He's even won a playoff game, actually, in fairness. He has, in fact, won a playoff game. And it's just, like, how do you, like, what do you want me to? And then on the Dolphin side of it, a part of me wants to say, oh, that's a good haul, haul for them. The other part of me looks at that and goes, all right, cool. Here's, and I tweeted this out. Because here's what's exact. Here is exactly what's going to happen with the Miami Dolphins. This was something I tweeted out two days ago, Sunday. So it's a foregone conclude. So it's a foregone conclusion that the Dolphins are going to trade a boatload of picks for someone else's left tackle to make up for their own first round draft bust in about three years, right? And it's just like I look at it, and on one hand, yeah, good haul. I mean, you got three player, you got three picks for a player. Other side, left tackle, that's one of your premium positions in the NFL. That's one of my, I guess, my, my golden positions, as Jordan would occasionally refer to. <laughs> the positions that I actually view as valuable and worth investing real draft capital and real money in. One of them's left tackle. But no. They traded theirs. Right, and like I just said, and now in about, I don't know, Two years, you know, whether or not they draft a QB this year or next year's draft, or they stick with poor, poor soul. They don't even have a <laughs> on the Dolphins team website. They don't even have a starting tackle list listed on either side. Oh, that's lovely. That's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. But they'll draft the guy, and then not have it O-line, <laughs> they won't be able to protect him, and he'll get ruined. Like Tua or Froome or Lawrence or Herbert, whoever they wind up roping into their crap, will round will wind up getting, yeah, eviscerated, and then all the pundits, all the people will come out and be like, oh, man, if only the Dolphins could shore up the O-line. If only they had, you know, some tackle help. And then they'll draft a guy with one of those picks. And it probably won't work out because they're the Dolphins and it's the rest of the NFL and they're all stupid. And I just, I genuinely, like, that is the most. Yeah, like I said, they'll draft a the guy. They won't be able to protect him. He'll get hurt. They'll go, oh, we got to protect him. They'll draft, like, I don't know, some highly, they'll draft some touted ACC prospect who doesn't have great tape, but, oh, man, look at him. He's got the measurables. He's got the length. He's got the athleticism. 
If you can just develop him, and then whoever it is will end up being like the backup guard on the Falcons in three years, and they'll never go anywhere, and nobody will ever go anywhere, and they'll cycle through that QB, and I don't know. I just think it's just it's just the, like I just I don't I, I have such a hard time giving a lot of these teams the benefit of the doubt. By the way, I've liked what the Dolphins have been doing on balance. I enjoy a good teardown, and they do they're committing to it. It's good for them. But yeah, between the Texans and the Dolphins, just, just two more <laughs> former Belichick assistants stumbling their way through the NFL. In defense, Flores isn't making the decisions. It's still Chris Greer, who's act who's the GM in Miami, but my God, is it just is there just a more fitting example? Is it just a more fitting symbol of just a futility of the Belichick coaching tree? <laughs> that obvious then both these teams, both coached by Belichick disciples, one of them being run by a Belichick guy, just making this big trade, huge assets on both sides, and I sit here, and I think that they both lost. I don't know. I just really had to get that all off my chest. Anyhow, though, we are going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we will be joined by Alex Barth of CLNS Media. And you are listening to the Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley on 90.7 WXIN. And I will see you in just a flash. I'm in almost every school bus and classroom. I go to school with your children. We say the Pledge of Allegiance together. You've seen me around the neighborhood, and you've told me I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every four children in America, and I'm struggling with hunger. This problem is closer than you think. My teacher tells me we could grow up and be whatever we want. I want to grow up and be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry. There's enough food in this country to feed everyone. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for kids like me, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey parents, finding it hard to communicate with kids in today's world of ever-changing slang? Hi son. Excuse me? Introducing the Communicizer. Just strap non-toxic Communicizer to your mouth and go from boring old man speak. Oh, uh, you know, I'm here if you want to talk. To 100% off the chain. Text me whenever, yo. It's that easy. Thanks to Communicizer, I'm relevant to my kids again. I mean, I'll fly, boo. And now when you buy Communicizer, you get the auto-tune attachment free. Sounds so hip-hop, your kids will want to talk to you for hours. I used to have to walk three miles uphill to school every morning, short day. I love you, Dad. I love you too, son. Communicizer is not available in stores because it doesn't exist. But that's okay. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Because kids in foster care don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to adoptuskids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Adopt Us Kids and the Ad Council. Glasgow Smoke Shop is Providence's premier smoke shop and vapor lounge. Conveniently located at 1842 Smith Street, North Providence. 
Glasgow Smoke Shop, the best smoking supplies in all of our eye. For the best local pizza, look no further than Big Tony's Pizzeria at 525 Eaton Street, Providence, featuring daily specials and free delivery until 4 a.m. Get a whole pie or just a slice at the home of the gangster rap. So call in at 401-490-0000 for a slice of the local favorite, Big Tony's. Often imitated, never duplicated. My name is Joe Thompson. I'm 29 years old and have a career that I love as a systems analyst. Career. It still sounds cool to say that word. I never could have gotten on this path without a college degree. And if the college me were here, he'd tell you. I never would have gotten to college without Big Brothers Big Sisters. I could have ended up anywhere, on the streets even. But college? Joe Thompson? Not likely. My big brother helped me out. He taught me I could do anything at a time when a lot of people were saying just the opposite. And to a seven-year-old, that means a lot. My big brother's name is Phil, and Phil is the reason that this seven-year-old grows up to be a systems analyst. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping big brothers, big sisters help a child, and that can last a lifetime. Start something today at bigbrothersbigsisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. I'm working two jobs, and my husband works, too. My kids go to school with your kids. I sit next to you at PTA meetings. We live right next door. We've been neighbors for years. You know my family and me pretty well, but here's one thing you don't know. I'm one out of every six Americans, and my family is struggling with hunger. Like you, we believe in this country, What's hard to believe is in the land of milk and honey how many hardworking Americans have to choose between paying bills and feeding their families. This is a problem with a solution. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those around you quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. It's easy to take your world for granted. Most days go by without a whole lot of surprises. But what if a disaster strikes without warning? What if life as you know it has completely turned on its head? What if everything familiar becomes anything but? Would you be prepared? Before a disaster turns your family's world upside down, it's up to you to be ready. Get a kit, make a plan, be informed today. Learn how at www.ready.gov. Ready.gov. This message brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Ad Council. Hi, welcome to Chili's. Yeah, let's send in the 90 point of this. 
90.7 WXIN Stadium Experience. Jake Elmsley here. We've been talking mainly around the NFL stuff, uh, around the NFL stuff, up to the point with the season once again starting this week. But now to really dive in on the Patriots on their final roster moves, maybe take a look ahead at the Steelers game. We're being joined by returning guest Alex Barth of CLNS Media. And how are you today, Alex? I'm good, Jake. How are you? It's almost football, so it's hard not to be good. It's 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 so close. I can t- like I'm like I was googling the practice squad. I'm like, wait a minute, Jake. You don't have to worry about that anymore. You look you look a real. That's st- not entirely true, but I get what you're saying. No, I mean, I'm still I'm still looking at. It. I'm still like, ooh, who are they gonna add? Ooh, they have an extra spot. Ooh, who's on waivers around the league? But I know I don't have to. I'm doing it for fu- I'm doing it for me now. Fair enough. I'm Fair not, enough. I'm not doing it for me. But with that being said, I mean. The Patriots, at least, final roster for at least, like, five or six days has seemingly come into view, obviously. It's, you know, I think it's relatively, at least what I expected. I mean, before we even really get into it, I mean, are there, are there any real surprises to you on the roster? Any surprise makes, anything like that? Um, I mean, I'm surprised Gunner made it. I am. And I kind of started thinking before the end of the fourth preseason game he might have a chance. Uh, I didn't have the balls to put it on paper, unfortunately, at the time. But uh, that's still a surprise. That's a guy who's, you know, he's a great pun returner, it looks like. He has the potential to be very good at that. But just very, very raw as an NFL player. So to see them give him a spot, that's the one that really stood out to me. Yeah, Gunner making it over Berrios. I th- yeah, I agree with you. I do think that is, that's a surprising one, especially just with Berrios maybe looking like he can actually be a receiver. Sooner rather, he didn't though. Like he didn't, he didn't play enough to me down the stretch there. I mean, missing the third preseason game, I had him on until he missed the third preseason game. That to me told me a lot. If he was, if they needed to see more out of him, he would have played in that game. I think that that decision has been made. I agree with you. I think he would have been a good piece. I might have kept him, but there's a reason Bill Belichick's doing what he's doing, and I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> so I'm going to trust that he saw something there well, it um, like... that led to him not making the team. But clearly, they still felt the need to bring on a punt return. Well, I mean, that's was... what Gunnar Olszewski is. He's not—he's not a wide receiver. He's not an emergency corner. He's not the holder. You can throw out all these theories. No, he's there to return kicks. Well, I mean, is he a guy that I would have been able to sneak onto the practice squad though? Because that was originally the plan. Then that kind of stopped being the plan within a few hours. I mean, was there—was there rumblings that some teams were going to claim him? I mean, was he a guy that they might have had trouble kind of getting on there? So I think, but I said this. I said this after the third preseason game. I got some crap for saying this from Evan Lazar. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought he was going to play. Let him go somebody. He showed enough that, you know, one of these teams that's not necessarily going to win right now, whether it be the Dolphins or the Cardinals or, you know, a team like that, um, you make the investment in him. You have him as a returner year one involves him or a receiver. I thought I think he would have gotten claimed if they'd try to get him to the practice squad. I do. I mean, if you think that, I mean, I sp- anything to kind of not expose Edelman to punt returning, honestly, I'm a-okay with. Because, I, like, I, I, like right. I wish that Berrios had shown more or anything as a returner. Because if he could just show any level of competence, I would have you know, preferred the guy with more skills as a receiver, but also these... but. You're right. He did next to nothing, and I just think that obviously protecting Edelman become like the need to do that becomes even more exacerbated with I mean Nikhil Harry going on to at least the short term IR. Did they actually end up putting him on the long term? I haven't checked in on that. 
lately. But, I mean, either way, like you're trending towards, even if he does come back, a guy in this offense, his age, working his way back in, like we're already trending towards this sort of being a lost season for Nikhil Harry really early on, which is far from ideal. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not great when your top draft pick goes on IR. With The thing with him is it's not a major injury. He has a bunch of minor injuries that when they're all compounded, he can't do what he wants to go out and do. So it's an interesting situation. Look, I think they'll be okay without him. I'm not sure how that affects Edelman. Jacoby Myers has a lot of experience playing in the slot in college. Now they've used him more outside in the preseason, but he's a guy who not nearly as well, but if they lose Edelman, he's a guy who can pick up some of that slack. Obviously, protecting Edelman is important. He's probably the second most important player on this offense behind Tom Brady. But, again, with Berrios, I, I, sorry, with, with Gunner, he's not, you know, if Edelman goes down, it's not like, all right, Gunner's time is up. I don't think he's the backup necessarily to Julian Edelman because he's just not ready. He's not. That, he was a defensive back in college. He's been playing wide receiver for Grant's hold on that, what, they signed it back in May? Mm-hmm. Four months. So, you know, he's white, he's small, he comes from a small school. Cool. That doesn't mean he's Wes Welker, it doesn't mean he's Julian Edelman. He's Gunnar O'Shea. No, it means what it's, he it's, is. He's not the backup slot receiver or anything. He's the punt returner. No, there's a higher chance he's Austin Carr or Braxton Berrios, who are also the next Wes Welker and Julian Edelman, I've been told by many people. I would, I would <laughs> honestly, if, if you're asking me to kind of put him in a spot, I put Gunnar more. I'm going to list him with, with Matthew Slater and Nate Ebner before I list him with the receivers. His role is almost solely special teams related. At least that's mm-hmm. my projection. No, and that I agree. I mean, Brandon King going on IR, I mean, is that maybe that has something to do with it? Like I don't want to get too too No, that has more that has more to do with Obi Melifonu making the team. Okay. So I, mean, I think that that's where you're looking at a guy who's just a, a raw athletic freak, mm-hmm. can get down the field, can play physical, can meet a returner head on. Um you know, I, I think Obi and I like Obi as a player, I really do. I think I like him more than they do. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I had him off until King got hurt. I thought it was just they're so deep at safety. And I don't know how much special teams Terrence Brooks is going to play because I think he's going to be a key part of the defense. So now with King out, it'll probably be more. But I think between Brandon King and Obi Melifonwu, that's where Brandon King snaps will mm-hmm. go. I think Brandon King going on IR is what put Obi Melifonwu on the team. Well, do you think- Gunner's not covering King. Gunner's not a gunner. Gunner's not covering kicks. He's returning. He might he might play on kick coverage too, but that's not like like Brandon King plays a very special role, a very specific role on kick coverage that a guy Gunner Oshevsky size can't do. Mm-hmm. That's where you're going to see um, that that's where you're going to see Obi Melifonu used a lot this year. Well, listen, is Obi is Obi Melifonu beyond that? Is he a guy that maybe they view as a developmental safety prospect? Because that's something I've kind of talked about a bit at large. I kind of thought maybe that was where they were trending with Duke Dawson, and then they kind of just pulled the eject button on that. And I, I that is what I have kind of talked about. I feel like the team could use, could should start the process that or should have started it a year ago of starting to develop the next safety. Because obviously, you know, McCordy and Chung, they're both getting older. I think Harmon is what right. he is at that point, but, like, is oh, is there any interest? Do you think there's any plans on the pages try to get him to develop him into an actual, you know, role in the defense, not outside of special teams? 
I, it would be nice. I mean, is there a plan to do it, and can he develop into that role or two different questions? Anytime you have a guy that's, you know, 6'4", 225, mm-hmm. can run with some slower receivers, that's going to pique your interest. And Patriots have two of those guys right now, in Obi Melifon Wu, and then you look at Juwan Williams as well, the draft pick. And what, where those guys are crucial is, is in a league where tight ends are not remotely what they were 10 years ago, and they're, you know, these uh, quicker guys, maybe slightly smaller, they're running down the field instead of just five, ten yard out. You need guys like that. So I, I think there's definitely a chance to develop Obi there. He's almost a hybrid safety corner linebacker, and mm-hmm. I think they're going to do the same thing with Juwan Williams. But, again, um, you know, he's a great project. I think they'd love to develop him based on what he gives you from a raw standpoint. I think the upside is very high, but then can he develop into what they want him to be? That's another question, and, they, you know, just time will tell with that. They got a lot of those guys this year. Um, they, they got Obi Melifonwu, certainly a project. Um, Juwan Williams, a project. Even if you go to the practice squad, Ufoma Kamalu, 6'6", oh, even looking 300 at like, pounds, and then some. And you like can a, rush standing up. Like, one, of your favorite, one, of your, one of your favorite, Byron Cowart, made the team, I think, probably at the expense of oh, yeah. Mike Pinnell specifically. I mean, he was a guy who looked okay in the preseason. I mean, Cowart made more of an impact in the preseason than I expected. And I probably over-talked their need at D-tackle throughout the offseason. I don't really know why I honed in on that. But, like, looking at the D-line, I mean, Dietrich Wise making the team, that was a surprise to some people. I'm happy to see him make the team. I mean, I've always kind of liked the player regardless of the shift in defensive philosophy that, once again, people have been talking about. I mean, Michael Bennett obviously, you know, didn't really play much in the preseason that I can remember. I mean, do you think that he's ready to make an impact early like he's listed as a starting d-end on the official team on like the team depth chart which doesn't mean much but i mean like do you think he's a guy who's ready to kind of nothing what i'll just say they never go by the official team depth chart specifically with tape it means nothing but i mean do you think he's yeah bennett um yeah he's you know he's good to go he's a guy who never i mean he would always sit out of training camp practices and, and not really play in the preseason that's just kind of his mo i can't say that i love it but he should be good to go. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be. He looked beyond explosive in training camp. The minimal action we did see of him during the preseason, he looks fine. I, I am, you know, this defense as a whole I'm not really worried about, but I'm, I'm really not worried about Michael Bennett. Okay, I mean, he's no. a guy who's just going to go out there and perform. Yeah, no, I mean, that's got to be, I mean, obviously that was a, I still think that was a coup of a trade for them, given the timing of it, et cetera. Like, I really like the way he fits. He's probably the best pure pass rush. He might actually be the best pure pass rusher they've had since Chandler Jones, the more you think about it. But... Yeah, yeah. That might, I mean, it, you you ask, you pull 100 people what they think of Trey Flowers, you're going to get 100 different answers, so it's tough to t- tell with him, depending on who you ask. But yeah, that's actually a very good point. That, you know, and, and he's different with, with Chandler Jones in that what Chandler Jones wanted to do to get to the quarterback that didn't really fit the Patriots' scheme. They yeah. couldn't really un- unlock his full potential doing what they wanted to do defensively, and we've seen that now where his sack totals have doubled in Arizona. Mm-hmm. What Michael Bennett wants to do as a pass rusher fits what the Patriots want to do. So they're gonna, he's going to be able to go and just let it loose. They can let the dog off the leash, and he can go get the quarterback without really any restraints, unlike Chandler Jones, who was held, was handcuffed a little bit by the scheme. So. Yeah, that's a very good point you make there. Well, how do you, how, like, how do you envision him using Michael Bennett then, just to count for the, for the benefit of the audience, for the benefit of the less X and O savvy audience? I mean, so, you... no, that's, that's, and that's a very good question. And I don't know, you know, we don't know how they're going to use him, but I'm still confident saying what I just said. That speaks to the kind of player that Michael Bennett is. 
they can use him in a number of different ways and he'll still be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you start with his usage. He was playing about 60% of the snaps in Philly. That was too low. He said it was too low. That being said, the Patriots like to rotate their defensive line, keep him fresh. He's not going to play 90% of the snaps here. I think you're looking at it on a matchup base, depending on the opponent, anywhere from 65 to 80% of snaps a game, and they're going to move him around. They're going to turn him in. If, if you know, you're asking me what do I think they're going to do, I don't think it's going to be any one thing. I think they're going to turn him mm-hmm. into a matchup nightmare, um, a scheme nightmare, just, you know, one play he's, he's playing defensive tackles, a pass rusher the next play they move him to the outside. One play he's three technique, the next play he's five technique. Maybe one game he plays entirely defensive tackle, the next game he plays entirely on the edge. He is a guy, he is almost to me like a defensive James White. There's some games where James okay. White's a running guy. There's some games where he's a receiver. There's some games where he is in between, and it just you can't game plan for James White. You can't because he's going to be doing something different every week. And I think Michael Bennett can be that on defense. And they've never really had that guy on defense. I think but Trey, now they do. I think Trey, at least I, I think. I think at least in that regard, I think that's why that's almost what was simple. Because that was part of the reason I really loved the trade because I did like the. I know I knew he was a guy that they can that can rush from the inside. Obviously, he's a guy that can be moved around, but he is more. Of, once again, he is more of a. But he's still like, regardless of where he is, he is more of a pass rusher. Which, but on the ver- the versatility, I think is where he compares to Trey Flowers. I think they might try to use him at least somewhere because Trey Flowers was another guy who they moved around the D line a lot. Which I think they'll put Michael Bennett in a lot of the same positions, but I think that at least the intent of putting him in those positions is going to be it's they're gonna shift it to suit his skill set more, which is once again just more purely getting to the quarterback on every down he can. Which obviously if they're like if they are, you know, if they have a plan for that, I like I said, I do, I agree with you that that will be dangerous, especially if, you know, the rest of the run defense and the rest of the coverage is able to hold up like, you know, we hope it can. I mean, I don't love the D tackles on the roster, but Danny Shelton is a guy who I believe had a good camp, correct? No, he he had a very good camp. He was, you know, kind of an afterthought. I think most people didn't even realize they resigned him. And then he came out in camp in the preseason games and was dominant. You might be underselling the defensive tackles a little bit there. I actually think they have a very solid group. They don't necessarily have a superstar, but they have all the bases covered. Danny Shelton's going to be a run stopper. He's going to be a guy that can go out there and plug. Um, you have Adam Baller, who's a pass rush defensive tackle. He's the guy you're going to put in on third. Lawrence Guy's somewhere in the middle. He can do it all. He'll probably see the most snaps at the position of anybody. And then you have guys like Byron Cowart and Michael Bennett who can play the end on, you know, in between downs. And then on passing downs, you kick them to the inside, and they can really create massive problems in the middle. So I actually like what they have at defensive tackle. And this is how they are at a lot of positions. They're this way at running back. Um, you could argue they're this way at wide receiver where – they don't necessarily have that superstar. And the reason I say that at wide receivers, Julian Edelman's a superstar, but he's not, you know. He's not your prototypical you star wide receiver. Superstar wide receiver, right. He's not Julio Jones. He's not A.J. Green. He's not Odell Beckham. Probably double to the slot receiver. You know, right. They don't necessarily have a superstar, but they have a lot of depth. They have somebody for every situation. Um, and I, that's, that, that's what Bill Belichick does that no other team really does, mm-hmm. is he'll build positions. He'll build depth with the idea that, all right, we have five guys at this position. All five of them are going to play. A lot of teams, especially defensive tackle, you're a 4-3 team. You're only going to have four, maybe five true defensive tackles on the roster. And if you have five, two of those guys are going to be inactive every week. 
Bill Belichick's the only coach who really does this consistently where I'm going to be five deep at running back. I'm going to be five deep at defensive tackle. But all five guys are going to play. All five guys are going to have a role. All five guys are going to factor in. There's a reason that Patriots fans know who Brandon Bolden is, and I'm sure most other teams' fan bases don't know their fifth running back. Right. No, I mean, and and Bill Belichick says this all the time. You have 53 guys on your roster. Every every spot counts. Every Every 53rd spot counts. And he makes the most of those 53 spots where there are teams that don't necessarily do that or at least don't do it to the level Belichick does. So, Again, just to bring it back to the defensive tackles, Coward might not play too much this year. He's a bit of a project. I might be overstating it a bit on him, but they have four guys. They, they, they have no weakness at defensive tackle. Again, no superstar, but, you know, obvious running downs, they have a guy. Obvious passing downs, they have a guy. In between, they have a guy. And they have – they pretty much they have a second guy, too, for each spot. Yeah, and honestly, when but you're – Those when... guys – and when your linebacking core and secondary are as strong as theirs, honestly, yeah, you know, even you know, I don't love the D tackles. Right, that helps too. The defense is going to be, I mean, I mean, this, I, I, I really like. I'm, I buy into the hype on this defense. Like, I mean, where do you, not to get too far into projections, but I mean, where? Nope, you know, we're not going to do that. That's stupid. I'm not going to do that. Never mind. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's fine. That's, no, I, I, I mean, love talking no, about like, projections for this defense. No, I mean, God, I mean, where do you like? Do you do you think this could finish as one of the you know the better Patriots defenses of? This era? Yes. Yes? Yes, yes I, do. I, I do. I think right now, going into the season, this is the best cornerback group they've ever had. The best defensive back group they've ever yeah, had. Yeah, no, that's easy. That, 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 you know, that's easy. Because even, even when you go back and look, and 4 is the other one, people are going to call they had Ty Law, they had Asante Samuel. Yeah, but by week five, Troy Brown was playing corner. They had no depth. This team has arguably the best corner in the game. It's Stephon Gilmore, the best man corner in the game, at least, and Stephon Gilmore. They got Jason McCourty and J.C. Jackson, who they can pull as their two on the other side. Those two guys, you know, are borderline number ones on some teams, definitely strong number twos. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Jones in the slot has been a man possessed so far this summer. If he can keep that up, he's going to be a problem to deal with. And then, you know, you have some nice depth pieces, too, and a guy like Juwan Williams. And even Devin McCourty, who, if you need, can slide up and play corner like he did at, at, at times last year. So between the overall talent and the depth, yeah, I mean, the cornerback group, the safeties too, you can throw them in. They're great. I love the linebackers. There's some questions about health, but I love the linebackers. And the defensive line, I think, has been underrated, like I just said. So, look, some of it's going to factor in the scheme. And we don't know what the scheme's going to look like because you have a first-year play caller in Gerard Mayo. But Have they officially, deemed Gerard, have they officially named Gerard Mayo play call? Because I didn't see anything about that. Um, I, so that's me making an assumption. Either oh, way, you're okay. I was gonna say, I'm a guy. I missed it's that. It's not Flores. <laughs> no, I just that's just an. I should no, I should have qualified that. That's not bad. It's an assumption. <laughs> I got me where I missed um, something. God. Yeah, no matter no matter what happens, you have a first year play caller unless something goes monumentally bad for Brian Flores in the next forty eight hours. So, which I mean, um, uh... look, <laughs> might it be pulling teeth sometimes again from twenty yard line to twenty yard line? Sure, they're the Patriots. There's gonna be bend and break elements. So when I when I say this, keep in mind, to me, a top five defense does not mean you're top five in yards allowed. Yards allowed means nothing to me. No if you're letting the team go from the one-yard line to the other one-yard line every drive that they don't score, that's a great defense. That is a great defense. That's why I tell people not to draft Patriots defense out. in fantasy. Oh, there's a reason it's called fantasy football. No, exactly. Like people draft, like, oh, the defense is going to be great. I'm like, yeah, and you'll score about three points because they'll let up. 
however many yards you need to lose points and they'll get no sacks and maybe an interception every now and then and you'll right. score like four but and they'll let up like be... 17 points at most right I was, so that so to get to the crux of my point in terms of points allowed this should be a top three defense in the league no i agree with that when you they... factor in who they have when you factor in the schedule all of it this should be a top three team top three defense in the league offense should be top five um, Which then, yeah, I, I love this defense. This defense is going to be a lot. Oh, and look, yeah. if it is Gerard Mayo as the play call, which I think it will be, that's based on no inside information, it's just an educated guess. That would be cool. If Gerard Mayo's the play caller, which I think he will be, and he kind of sticks to what he did during the preseason, they're going to blitz a lot. So that sacks thing you just said, that might not be true this year. This could be a team, if things hold as we've seen them, could pick up a lot of sacks, which would be very fun to see. No, yeah. So I mean, with that, I mean, looking at the roster, I mean, we could talk about the wide receivers, but everybody's done that at nauseum for four months. But I mean, looking ahead now, what is it? We have a game to look ahead at, Alex. It's very. I kind of forget yes, how to do, do this. I kind of forget how to do it. But, I mean, looking ahead at the Steelers, I. It's opening night, and the Patriots are at home, and it's at night. So is that one part of me that wants to be afraid? But God, do I just want to see all the Steelers crap the last six seven eight months just come back to bite them against the Patriots because I, I a I do not like the Steelers roster I really like Juju and that's about it I'm, I'm notoriously anti-Steelers in fairness I notoriously just do dislike that entire organization from the top to the bottom but I mean god if they the Patriots for this defense that's that's a really nice place to start because they have next to no weapons outside of Juju and maybe for some of those younger guys, you still get that confidence boost if you're going against at least a at least a name brand quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. Don't want to say a great quarterback, but you're going against like I think sacking Ben Roethlisberger might mean something to like a Chase Winovich or something. I mean, do you I mean do you have any any sort of fear of the Steelers team? I mean, like, it's not so much the Steelers team, but the Patriots have a tendency to come out slow. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers, I don't think they're good this year. I don't even know if they're a playoff team this year, but they're they're experienced enough. They're good enough to take advantage if the Patriots come out flat. Like, you look at what happened with, against the Chiefs a couple years ago. In September's mm-hmm. the extended preseason. We all know that. I've, what I've been kind of saying to people about that game, the Patriots could start 2-2 two and two this year and finish 14-2. and two. That Like, this is so the team that could do that. Mm-hmm. So, I think they'll win. I'm picking the Patriots. If they lose, I'm not going to be floored. I'm really not. Yeah. Because it's early in the season. It's a good enough team. You know, like it, 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 it to me reminds me a lot of that Kansas City game a couple years ago. We were super confident because the Patriots had just beaten Kansas City in the playoffs. But, like, looking back on it, I see where the problems were. And hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously. But there's a lot of parallels here. So, like, again, I'm picking the Patriots. If the Steelers win, I won't be surprised. And I won't panic either. Three of the six Patriots Super Bowl seasons, they lost week one. So here, here is it, a question. Here's something. It would, it would suck. And losing the Steelers, Steelers sucks anytime you do it, no matter the situation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, season's not over. They lose week one. No. No. I, I mean, like I, like, I agree with that. Like, I, like, like you're right. I, I could just as easily see them dropping it week one and just not caring. No, because I do believe in the talent. Now, if – now, the qualifier of that being if Tom Brady looks like a 42-year-old man – Maybe we get a little scared, but I don't think... Even still, even remember, he looked bad in that game against Kansas City. And he's dealing with a bunch of new receivers. I don't know that Brady's going to... Well, you can look bad and you can look old. I think those, those going to be different. Does. 
I think you can look bad and look old. I think those can be those can be. Well, if he looks bad, everybody's gonna say he looks old. Well, I won't because you know I'm smarter than those people. Most people will, <laughs> and bad and old don't necessarily they don't look very different. You gotta have a keen eye to tell the difference. They don't look very different. So, look, if the Steelers decide to play zone the whole game, Brady's gonna shred them. And they will. He is. If they come up and play, if they come up and play man, and they challenge him, and there's communication errors, errors, and he doesn't have Gronk. Like, we got, we got, we got all our, of that. We got our fancy new linebacker that we traded like nine draft picks for for some reason. So no, we're just gonna do what we do. We're the Steelers. We're gonna do a play zone. But anyway, something I did do last year that I was successful about. I tried, like basically, I like to look at the schedule. I mean, what is like the I guess the trap game. For the Patriots this year, I mean, just looking at this game, like what is what will be that stupid game that they shouldn't week lose? Week five in Washington. I was gonna say the same one. I'll, I'll <laughs> tell you that right now, it's week five. I already know that. I said that back when the schedule yep. came out. They never do well in Washington. They do very poorly on natural grass. Well, relative for them, they do poorly on natural grass, which that field is in horrible. That Redskins team oh, is just good enough that if they maybe catch fire that one day. And a, if they're yeah. and it's it's uh, Se- the, the front end of a short week, they'll yep. have that game Sunday on the road, Second and then they'll have a quick back. turnaround at the Giants on Thursday at home. They're coming so, off of a back to back on the road against the Bills, back to back off the road, and coming off three divisional games. Yep. So yes, that's the track. And good, good, great minds think alike. That is at for well, a number that, of reasons to me. That is the track. And there's one later in the year well, in Cincinnati. Those. I don't count that. That look- depending on how the season's going, could be. I don't, but I don't no, the, the the tr- the game to watch is Washington. Well, I, I only do it because last year I broached the same question and I predicted the Lions and I was dead on about that one. So now I feel like I need to do this every year. That was a good one. I just got to play the hits. Yeah, is what I'm saying. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming on with us, Alex. It's been great. No problem. Anytime, we man. Always appreciate the insight. So have a good one. You too. All right. And we were just talking with Alex Barth of CLNS Media. Great guy. Loves being with him. Check him out on Twitter. One of the best Twitters around. Really love following. Really insightful. Good stuff on the Patriots. But anyway, with that, we are going to take another break. And when we come back, we're just kind of going to continue this Patriots discussion here. You're listening to the Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley on 90.7 WXIN. And I will see you again in just a minute. Sassy! Today's episode, Bobcat in the Cave. <laughs> oh, nuts! There's a Bobcat in this cave! Save us, Sassy! You will, but first you'd like to stress the importance of cat adoption? Over 5 million cats go into animal shelters every year and they need to be adopted? Help us, Sassy! Why bother? We'll just get into more trouble tomorrow? Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Remember, adopt. Psst, hey, over here. What? Right here in the back. Where? Over by the fence. You? The bike? Yeah, the bike. Right in the grass where the kids left me a while ago. You know how lonely it is being left day after day, not being able to cruise the reservation? Pardon me? Remember when you got me for the kids? You told them, no, you kids go have fun, enjoy the outdoors, and be careful. Mm, yeah? I really miss it, especially when they put that playing card in my spokes and I made a really cool sound the faster we went. Um... Well, could you get my tires a little air, dust off my seat, and remind the kids how fun I still am? Okay. <coughs> oh, you are dusty. Yeah, and I may need a couple of bolts tightened, too. Now let's go. As Native American parents and caregivers, our encouragement to healthy lifestyles for our kids is helping them get outside and play. 
Get ideas. Get involved. Get going at letsmove.gov slash Indian Country. Brought to you by USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Packers. Vikings. Red State. Blue State. We come from different places. Uptown. Downtown. We come to different conclusions. Half empty. Half full. But we can all make a difference. That's why United Way brings people, expertise, and resources together to improve the education, income, and health of our communities, the building blocks for a better life. When we live united, our efforts add up to real change. Children succeed in school, families gain financial stability, the health of our neighbors improves, and suddenly, so do our communities. But real change won't happen without you. So let's look beyond our differences. Live United. Let's make a difference. <laughs> live United. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Finding it hard to communicate with kids in today's world of ever-changing slang? Hi, son. Excuse me? Introducing the Communicizer. Just strap non-toxic Communicizer to your mouth and go from boring old man-speak... Oh, you know, I'm here if you want to talk. ...to 100% off the chain. Text me whenever, yo. It's that easy. Thanks to Communicizer, I'm relevant to my kids again. I mean... I'll fly, boo. And now when you buy Communicizer, you get the auto-tune attachment free. Sounds so hip-hop, your kids will want to talk to you for hours. I used to have to walk three miles uphill to school every morning. Shorte. I love you, Dad. I love you too, son. Communicizer is not available in stores because it doesn't exist. But that's okay. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Because kids in foster care don't need perfection. They need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to adoptuskids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids, and the Ad Council. For the best local pizza, look no further than Big Tony's Pizzeria at 525 Eaton Street, Providence, featuring daily specials and free delivery until 4 a.m. Get a whole pie or just a slice at the home of the gangster rap. So call in at 401 490 Zero, 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 zero. For a slice of the local favorite, Big Tony's. Often imitated, never duplicated. Blasco Smoke Shop is Providence's premier smoke shop and vapor lounge. Conveniently located at 1842 Smith Street, North Providence. Glasgow Smoke Shop, the best smoking supplies in all of our eyes. Can you tell if the surfaces in this kitchen are crawling with bacteria that could cause chronic arthritis? Listen. Can't, can you? You can't see it either. Wash surfaces, utensils, and hands frequently with soapy water while preparing food, especially when handling raw meats or eggs. Raw food may contain bacteria that can make you very sick.
or worse. One in six Americans will get sick from food poisoning this year, and roughly 3,000 will die. But you can keep your family safer by cleaning with soap and water as you go. Learn more about this and other important information. Check your steps at foodsafety.gov. That's foodsafety.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. All right, everybody, well, thank you. So you've been listening. So we're about going to cut it out here today. You've been listening to the Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley on 90.7 WXIN. I'll see you all next week, Tuesday, noon to 2. Finally, we will have a real deal NFL football game to break down here. Very excited for that. We'll try to get some kind of guests. I don't know who. I got to make more friends. Got to find more guests. Got to find more co-hosts. But I will keep you all posted on all that. Anyhow, like I said, see you all next week, Tuesday, noon to 2, right here on the Stadium Experience with Jake Elmsley on 90.7 WXIN. I'll see you all next time.